focusing on an emerging generation of kings. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Simon Peter, a bond servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. What does it say in verse 2? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in what? the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, let's read verse 3 together. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss now i know there's many people who are just hiding under my voice so you guys are going to read alone verses three and four loud and clear with intentionality go right now a very loaded passage and I feel very tempted to pick on different things but I'm, I'm going to discipline my mind to ensure that I don't go in different directions. It's so loaded. The first thing I want to identify there is the importance of knowledge. So you might want to write that down. He is saying people say, Lord, I want your peace in my life. One more of your peace in my life. People will say things like, I want more grace in my life. As a matter of fact, people say things like, I want more anointing. But when we look at the New Testament, the Bible doesn't say pray for more anointing. It says you have the anointing of the Holy One. You need no man to teach you about the things of discernment. When it says you need no man to teach you all anything there, it's not saying you don't need teachers in your life. That's not what it means in 1 John chapter 2 verse 20, 1 John chapter 2 verse 27. He's not saying you are now full of knowledge, you know it by yourself, but it's saying that you don't need any man to teach you anything regarding detecting the authenticity of the Spirit of God. So when you read that context, or read that passage in context, he's saying that the main thing is the anointing that you have on the inside of you is in enough for you to determine what is God, what is not God, what is true doctrine, what is not true doctrine, what is real meat, what is poisoned food. Understand that. Somebody say, I understand it. Because in Jeremiah 3.15, it says, I will appoint unto you pastors over you who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God says, I will give you pastors, teachers, human vessels who will feed you. Also in the New Testament, we understand the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, he tells us that he gives gifts to men. And it says, some are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So why would God give you a teacher if you didn't need a teacher? Now, the reason I'm going through this is so that you don't say, well, because the Bible says, I need no man to teach me anything. That means I have all knowledge. No, you don't have all knowledge. Somebody say, I understand it. 
He's saying here that if God is going to multiply grace in your life, he does not talk about you multiplying the anointing in the New Testament. I know that Elisha cried, give me a double portion of the anointing. In the New Testament, what he multiplies is grace. Are you following that? What it multiplies is peace. So watch this. The grace you have now can increase. The grace you need for your destiny is not all the grace you have right now. What I'm trying to say is that the grace you're currently functioning in right now is not all the grace that there is. The peace you have right now can increase. That's why I use the word multiplication. That's a mathematical expression. Mathematical expression, it's a metric, it's analytics, it's data. He's saying the way grace and peace will be multiplied to you is what? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. So write that down. Knowledge is a multiplier. Write that down. Knowledge is a multiplier. The knowledge of carnality will multiply sin and sensuality in your life. The knowledge of carnality. That's why if you're wise in a certain area, you have multiplied impact, attention, uh, resources in that area. The knowledge of sin will multiply the operation of sin in your life. The knowledge of God will multiply the manifestations of God in your life. Are you getting this? The knowledge of the things of the Spirit will multiply the operation of the Spirit in your life. What it means is, when I lack knowledge of the Spirit, I still have the Spirit. But the expressions of that Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, will be limited in my life. Now, one of the things that the church exists for, the Bible says, that God wants to display the manifold wisdom of God unto the principalities and the powers, the manifold, many folds, the different dimensions, the different aspects, the different facets. Now, how is that going to happen? Somebody tell me, how is it going to happen? How is that going to happen? Through the knowledge of what? God and of what is the primary conduit for receiving that knowledge? The word. So do you see now that when the enemy is attacking your devotion to the word, what is he attacking? God's knowledge and by extension grace and shout it so when the enemy takes you away from studying the word what's it taking you away from grace and peace do you get it the enemy doesn't care whether you open a book that has black ink written or published recently written by men who died 340 he's not threatened by that what is threatened by is the multiplication of what grace and peace and he knows that the conduit the amplifier the machinery the equipment the uh, machine that God uses to multiply grace and peace is what the knowledge of God so he says that grace and peace are multiplied by knowledge that's number one number two he says as his divine power has given to us all things pertaining to life and godliness through what through what the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So how has the divine power given us all things pertaining to life and, and godliness? How? Through knowledge. So uh, Fidel come help me. GB come help me. Messiah come help me. Real quick. This is God. He's wearing white. So he'll make a good God. <laughs> so you use soap to wash this man. This is God. God gives. No, sorry. Let me use somebody else. Lady, don't don't come. Sorry, just just you know, don't leave. Just just then. 
Come real quick. Come real quick. That's God. You will be knowledge. You will be all things pertaining to life and godliness. And you will be the believer. This is the believer. Why not if not? All things pertaining to life. Don't be deceived by the low courts. She's taken him to the high rise. He comes to God. God says, seek me. Seek you first the kingdom. And all, sorry, I'm just dragging your wife like this. Behind. God says, seek me. Seek me. It says, seek you first the kingdom. And I will come to that later. All other things shall be added unto you. Now, this is God. God is the, behind him. God is the custodian of all things. He's the creator, he's the keeper, he's the owner. In fact, God even says, all souls are mine. Silver and gold are mine. The cattle and the thousand hills, they belong to me. So God says, seek me. David said, for when you said, seek my face, I said, your face, oh Lord, will I seek. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and one thing shall I seek after. So God says, believer, seek me, seek me. Now what happens is, once you seek him, what are you getting to discover more of him because that's what you're seeking are you getting there yes, sir. Yes, sir. that's what what's that no no what's that knowledge knowledge so in seeking God the first thing is what now what's that knowledge of him what's that thing what's the word what's the word what's the last book of the Bible revelation Revelation is revealed knowledge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are we seeing that? Revelation is revealed knowledge, uncovered knowledge. So God is saying, Seek me, seek me. Paul says, Are the eyes of your understanding being enlightened? Now, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened means that once you, once you have more light, when you look at what you used to see before and call trees, you will now call them men. Same eyes, different light. The believer is given perfect eyes with the gift of righteousness. But by seeking God, he has new light for the old eyes. Somebody needs to understand this. Righteousness, you have the nature of God. There's no defect in your ability to detect. But if there is limited light, you will see something and interpret it wrongly. Because observation is a function of sight. Description is a function of light. How do I mean? Some of you used to party and boogie down and go into all those disco decks and clubs where everything was red light. So whenever you saw somebody shaking their bum bum in that space, what did you see? Red light. That's why they call certain places red light districts. Amen. Okay, some of you are like, ah, oh, that's not very spiritual. Some of you, you live in areas where Nepal does not used to give you light. And when they take the light, maybe all that you have is some moonlight or something shining in the room. But you notice that you can't identify things that you kept because you have limited light. Are you following? Does it mean that you have visual impairment? What does it mean? You have a limited amount of, the believer is not blind. 
but he will live just as a blind man if he lacks light this is so important and you're gonna wonder why is this connected to power it's everything <laughs> exactly you know, we're gonna to get to that point his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and goodness. So here, he's seeking God, he's seeking God, he's seeking God, he's seeking God. And as a seeking God, he's carrying the light of God. He says, beholding as in a glass, what? The glory of God. What's happening? We are being changed or transformed. When Paul says, of the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, now word there is ophthalmos, which is the root of ophthalmologist, which is somebody who treats your eyes and clears out anything that reduces your ability to interpret things accurately so he's saying that God sits as your optician your optometrist and your ophthalmologist and the reason the Bible actually uses the word ophthalmos is that the optician may talk about the glasses but God is saying I want your eyes to see clearer than any glasses so it's bigger than an optician it's an ophthalmologist come on help me now so whilst he's doing that, his eyes are being enlightened. These are all things pertaining to life and godliness. As eyes are being enlightened, he's not just seeing God. He's now beginning to see through God. God now becomes the glass through which he interprets everything in life. Oh, somebody ought to be shouting right now. When you see the descriptions of the throne of God in the book of Revelations and Ezekiel, he says that the foundation of the Lord's throne, they are as clear as crystal. So confusion happens when I'm seeking everything but God. But clarity is the result of concentrating on the light of God. Because the light does not just show me what I want to see, it shows me how to see what I need to see. Now, intimacy is into me see. <laughs> Who are people that see the deepest into you? People that you are intimate with. Not proximity, but intimacy. Some of you are more intimate with people in New Zealand and Australia than your next door neighbor. So nearness is not the same thing as closeness. So now he's beginning to see through God. And by seeing through God, what's he seeing? The great and precious promises. Maybe help me with that verse 4. The great and precious promises. God wants us to seek the promiser before the promises. Because to seek the promises before the promiser is to become an aborisha, an idolatrous person. Do you get it? This is the initiation of prayer. Because prayer means I've seen God, I've seen through God, and I see what God originally intended. So prayer is not aggressive petition to a reluctant God. It's intimate alignment with a willing and loving God to partner with his purposes to birth his promises. I said prayer is not aggressive petition of a reluctant God. That's not what it is. Prayer is intimate alignment with a willing and a loving God. 
It is about partnering with his purposes to birth his promises. So once I begin to see through God, I see all that God already prepared for me. He said, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the works, the good works, which he foreordained prepared for us. In other words, there is nothing on your goal list that is an idea that God does not have. Do you understand? So what God now does with our revelation is that he encodes that revelation in different things. Revelation primarily will come through the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. It will generally come through the word of God. But many times God will raise witnesses of the word. Somebody who has embodied what you have seen in your spirit. That person is called a witness to the truth. Are you seeing it? So knowledge. So when we share testimony, that is an embodiment of knowledge. That's when we share testimonies. We want to know the word you heard that you believed. We don't just want to hear how it happened. Oh, come on somebody. We want to follow the process. Because that's how you have the witness. Right? So God embodies the knowledge. Sometimes it's going to be a prophet. Or your pastor many, 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 many times. Or your spouse if you're married. Or your prayer partner if you're not married. We have a prayer partner. What will happen is people or circumstances around you will start bearing witness to what you're thinking without you telling them. So you walk into your family that you have not seen in three weeks. And somebody will be like, hey, you know, I was thinking about that book you mentioned in 2017. And you go like, wow, how did you think about that? Why? Because now you have clarity from the throne of God. And when clarity is present, recognizability is heightened. Are we seeing this now? So he says that power gave us all things. So what God does is that because God is in the realm of the supernatural, what it can give you is knowledge. The manifestation of the precious promises have to be physical, right? He's going to use physical me measures. No, no, you have to bring out. Don't go. Knowledge, knowledge will not go and hide. Knowledge will go and bring. Can you go back? Knowledge will go and bring the promises. Are you seeing? Everything I'm teaching is important. Just watch it. Knowledge will go and bring the promises from what we call revelation knowledge, which is revealed knowledge to what wisdom which is practical knowledge because <laughs> man is in the visible realm God is in the invisible realm waves and signals are invisible so I need a physical phone to make sense of the waves around this is why you have faith and works Works without faith will not produce the promises of God. Faith without works will keep the promises of God in the real reality of the invisible realm. So you will have waves but no phone call. Radio waves but no messaging. Are you getting this now? So God brings that revelation and then people around you, wisdom. This is why counsel. And when we go to Isaiah chapter 11, let's go there since I'm, I'm already in that place. Isaiah 11 verse 2. Go there very, very quickly. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and 
understanding. Where is that going to be? This at the receiving end. Wisdom and understanding at my receiving end. The spirit of counsel and middle point. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. The God end of things. So knowledge and the fear of the Lord are in the place of private. <laughs> Chook me word. You got to follow this. Knowledge and the fear of the Lord. How do you demonstrate that? In the secret place. He that dwells, not visits. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Where will he do? Under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, I will enter, I will surrender. That's the fear of the Lord. The next administration will be that he will give me counsel and might. Now that counsel will come not only through fellowship with God. Counsel will also come through fellowship with who? Men who are of the same spirit. So the Bible says in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Does the Bible also not say that I will dwell safely under his wings? So there's a level of safety that God alone provides. There's another level of safety that God uses men to provide. And one administration of that dimension of safety is called counsel. Is there anybody who ever lost a millionaire because you did not listen to counsel? Anybody who ever had their hearts broken and then their boyfriend married their best friend because they did not listen to is there anybody that else said, I don't think you should date that boy, but somehow you said, mm, I can make up my mind. I know that you are healthy, but me to my life is lit. <laughs> Counsel and might. And here, what happens? Wisdom and understanding. Why? Because to manifest practically the things that you want to do, do you need wisdom and understanding or not? Was as pathetic as a man who's expending a lot of energy but does not understand what he's doing. Are we following this now? <laughs> oh Lord, help me with this foundation I'm laying. Are you getting something? So what is the biggest? So this is knowledge. All things. So every time, so he gets, guess what he has gotten now? Wife. Somebody say wife. Alabaga. Tebruskala. How many things does God transfer through knowledge? How many things? All things pertaining to? And? So if you got a wife through the knowledge of God, how are they going to get their baby? <laughs> Fidel said, and the knowledge of each other. Alabaya. So they get the knowledge of God in the secret place. They get the knowledge of themselves in their secret place. They get the knowledge of God under the shadow of his wings. In Yoruba, there's something called Abeabu. The Bible says that Boa spread. Receive the blood of Jesus to sanctify him. The reason I'm taking my time is I wanted to get, which of this am I trying to make sure you get right now? Which one am I trying to make sure you get right now? 
No, why am I? I'm not saying what the part I'm explaining. I'm saying the part I wanted to get right now. No? Wisdom and understanding. Why should you read your Bible? Some of you understand it better now. The knowledge of God that multiplies your grace and peace. Why should you pray? It's a demonstration of the fear of the Lord. And it's in that place that the Lord reveals himself because the Bible says the covenant of the Lord are with them that fear him. He will reveal his secrets to them in the secret place. And the secrets you have from the secret place determines what you can secrete in your world. It's the truth. I mean, I, I like rhymes and portable words and all, but it's the truth. Are we seeing that now? It's not pray so that God can like you. This is the understanding. It's not if I pray, if I pray, God will change his mind. No, prayer is not trying to change the mind of a reluctant God. It's alignment with the heart of a loving and willing God. Are we seeing that now? So how else is he going to get every other thing? He's going to get every other thing through the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Are we seeing that now? So what does the enemy try to do? The enemy tries to block his knowledge of the fear of the Lord by placing what God gave him in front of him. So that he's too consumed. Sorry dear. Can you flip? He's too consumed admiring God's gifts to worship the giver of all gifts. He now becomes intimate with what he got through intimacy. Which then blocks further intimacy. Mm. So more people now become more versed in the knowledge of the things of God than in the knowledge of God. Even a preacher can become more knowledgeable about his preaching than the God is talking about. Hmm. You can reduce everything to technicalities. Three points and a holler. A spontaneous song and a chant. A shout and a jig. A jig and a jigaloo. So when God, when Jesus comes on the scene, what does he say in Matthew 6? Let's speak it from verse 25. Matthew 6 from verse 25. Thank you, co-preachers. Just remain, remain. Let's preach together. Help me, help me, help me. Matthew 6. Let me, let me just read it. Matthew 6 from verse 25. Jesus preaching and teaching. Help me, Lord. Help me meet uh, sound, guys. The sound has been good. For a long time, hallelujah. Receive the knowledge of God. Matthew 6, let me take from verse 22, 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, verse 22, what will happen if your eye is good? Matthew 6 verse 22, what will happen? Your whole body will be full of light. So what he's talking about is that when you are seeking God, God is correcting your eyes. So that when your eyes are corrected, what will happen to your life? Body is full of? What is light? Revelation? 
knowledge. So Jesus is saying, if your ability to receive knowledge is good, if you demonstrate such ability through the fear of God in your private space, what will happen to your whole body? The entire institution of your being will be full of revelation knowledge. Oh God. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Somebody was supposed to be doing like this. Somebody was supposed to be slapping somebody else. No, don't slap their face. Jab somebody. Your whole body will be full of light. What's the next thing it says then? But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. What does that mean? If you can't see clearly, you will make bad decisions. That's what he's talking about. You repeat patterns and you wonder why did I relocate from Germany but the same thing happening in Germany is happening here because the problem was not the German land the problem was your eyes and you carried your eyes with you from Germany here oh is somebody following if therefore the light that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness give me the next verse no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other in other words even what you hate and what you like is a function of the light you have <laughs> hmm. or else you will be loyal to one so your light determines your loyalty some people are more loyal to money than God because the light they have about money is not the light of God. It's the light of money and what money can do for them on earth. They see money in bad lights. When I say bad light, I mean not the light that God sees money in. Are you seeing? Or else you will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What's the next thing it says? It says, therefore, verse 25, I say to you, do not what is the connection between worry and light? The more light, the less worry. The less light, the more worry. So worry is the proof of the absence of light. So anytime I'm worrying is because I'm not seeing things in God's light. Because when it says, therefore, he's saying what I'm about to say next is predicated on what I said before. Remember, therefore, the sign in mathematics. Is it the, the three dots? Oops, I haven't done that in decades. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Not about your body. I'm too slim. I'm too tall. I'm too fat. I'm so much. God says, don't worry about it. Look at somebody beside you. Say, stop worrying about your body. Look at somebody beside you. Say, stop worrying about your body. I'm horrible. I'm loquacious. I'm thin. I'm slim. I have K legs. I have Q legs. I have J hands. I have QC. QED. QR code. He says, don't worry. Why? Worry is a waste of the divine investments in you. Yeah. Lot is good to see you. It's been activated. It's been, how are you doing? Sending you a virtual hug. He says, don't worry about your body. What you will put on, and why is that, is not life more than food and body more than 
clothing. In other words, in the scale of divine priorities, the body is more valuable than raiment because it took somebody to make raiments. Oh God. Oh, you didn't get what I said. A body created garments. Somebody. Get it, get it. Somebody. A fashion designer, seamstress, a stitch master made it. It's life no mother. It was somebody alive who invented food or discovered food. Right? Next verse. Lord. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap. So watch this. Is the law of sowing and reaping valid? Is the law of sowing and reaping valid? Absolutely. If you give, will you receive increase? If you give, will you receive increase? It's very valid. It's in the word of God, Old and New Testament. He that gives sparingly will receive sparingly. He that sows abundantly will receive abundantly. But he's saying you will even abuse that concept if you don't understand this precept. What is the precept? Look at the birds of the air. They do not even sow or reap or gather into bands. What has God done for them? He says, yet. He does not say their heavenly father. He says, your God is not the father of birds, but he feeds birds. So if he feeds people that are not his children, how much more? Oh my God, I, I thought somebody was going to explode with this. How much more will that same God take care of you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? That if God did not father birds or vultures or eagles or swans or swallows, but he feeds them, they don't practice prophetic activation, prophetic utterance, give to this ministry and be blessed. All of that is good. But he's saying that God has enough to take care of people that don't have systems in their lives. You have to understand this. Because if you understand sowing and reaping without this, you will not put your faith in God. You will put your faith in your seeds. Which is the reason some people got abused or abused it. And some people said it's not the real doctrine which is the plan of the enemy. Because the enemy knows you receive by knowledge. But the second phase of receiving is that you also multiply what you have received by knowledge. So once the enemy knows you've received something by knowledge, he complicates your concentration with that thing so that you don't multiply it. So receiving happens by knowledge. Multiplication happens how? By how? Guys on this side, I can't see you talking much. How does multiplication happen? By knowledge. So if I can't stop you from receiving it, can I stop you from multiplying it? How? Restricting the knowledge. What are some of the ways in which knowledge can be restricted? The person who even knows it might not want to teach it. That's one way. Delay in the transmission of knowledge. Paul said, pray for us that the word of God may travel swiftly. In other words, the word of God can have traffic jam in your mind. 
that it will take you three years to say, ah, I'm Pete Dam's thought I was listening at Banex, but I'm just getting it. That word, you heard it, but there was traffic jam in your mind because your body was not full of light. Another thing, and some people mentioned a distortion. You're on the phone, but the, the network signal is not strong. Have you heard those phone calls? Like, I, I don't like phone calls for many, many reasons. One of them is in Nigeria, eight out of 10 phone calls waste at least 30 seconds of my time. Can you hear me? Can you, that's the most popular uh, question on Zoom. Can you hear again? Then on WhatsApp calls, somebody say light. He says, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than? In other words, who are the they? Birds that are not fathered by God. Birds that are not made in the image of God. Birds that don't carry the identity or the imprint of God. But what does it say there? What does it say now? It says you are of more value than they. That if God has enough to take care of all the hundreds of geese in the backside of somewhere close to your house, then you don't need to worry. He says, don't worry. Give me the next verse real quick and race in so I can finish the foundation. Verse 6, he says, which of you by worrying can... Follow the words. Which one of you is a question? Can add one cubit. What's the next one? It says, So why do you worry about? A lot of women will identify with this more. My clues. I need new clues. He said, You can need it, but don't worry about it. Let, let me tell you one of the things. If you're so worried and so worried and so worried and so worried about clothes, how will you clothe your spirit and your soul when like my father, it leaves your body? That means ultimately God is the one that clothes you, including your spirit and your soul. No matter how rich a man is, can never make the garments he will wear for his spirit when he dies. Understand this? That's why the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, he said that he will clothe us with his own, with him by himself. It says, lest we be found naked. So when the spirit and the soul leave this body, you will not be naked. You're going to be wrapped. Somebody say, I have light. Consider the leaves of the field, how they grow. So, first it speaks about value, then it speaks about adding, then it says, consider ladies how they grow. Give me the next verse. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, we've examined parts of the glory of Solomon before, was not arrayed like one of this. Let's keep going fast and fast and fast. But now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more, Ayakosaba, clothe you, O you are little faith. So before there was Tarclosset Africa or Shire Bezel International or Styles by Kanana, guess what? There was clothing by G.O.D. And has got different collections. It's got the righteousness collection called the robe of righteousness. It's got the glory collection called glories and mantles and anointings. It's got the spirit's couture called the tabernacle of his glory. He says, I will much more. That clothing is not just physical. What is God, God is saying is I've got you covered. 
said a man by understanding increases strength. So I've got you covered. Will he not much more clothe you or you have little faith? Verse 31. Therefore, I'm going somewhere. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Why? Haya kopalamis. He's saying these are the pursuits of people that don't know God. Yes. That's why we started with the knowledge of God. Intimacy, revelation. He says the person who does not know God, these are his targets in life. Eat, drink, look good. And they are also metaphors. Sustain myself, oppress the other people. Let them see what I am wearing. Pepper them instead of gingering them. Meanwhile, what they are fighting hard to wear is actually wearing them out. He's saying the obsession. See, the reason I have to lay this foundation is if I go into power and power, you will not get it because you will try to use that power to get these things. And this is not the purpose of that power. Ah, oh, Lord help me. Somebody say, I have lights. I love the energy in your voices. Can you shout it louder, Mr. Ginger Hair? Shout, I have lights. He says, For after these things, the Gentiles seek. Why? Because they don't know the person who freely gives these things. They don't know him. So what they can say, don't forget the bandwidth I shared earlier. Knowledge and the fear of the Lord in the secret place. Counsel and might from the secret place and the outer court. Human individuals who come with counsel and that gives you might. Are you understanding that? And the knowledge and understanding, rather, wisdom and understanding the practical place. So what happens is the Gentiles, what do they see? They see the fruits of wisdom and understanding because the Bible says wisdom is justified of our children. So Gentiles are moved by results. Believers are moved by revelation. So they will say, show me the way. Cut soap for me. Give me small lotion. Because they are concerned about, that's what Simon did. Simon said to, to the apostle, he said, show us the secret of this power. He said, I'm willing to use money in the material realm to pay for it. Are you following? Which is the error some people have where they think they can buy a man of God's anointing by sowing into his life. You can honor a man of God by sowing into his life. But even the anointing in him that you admire is not from him. It's through him. It's from God. Understanding. There is nothing wrong with ministering material resources. And thank you to you guys. You guys don't give us some gifts yesterday. Thank you so much. There's nothing wrong with that. Because uh, yesterday was our tradversary and tomorrow is our anniversary. Seven years. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's everything wrong with idolizing that person. That person is a sacrifice on the altar. He is not the most high priest. His whole life that is revealing the incense, the fragrance of purity and holiness and righteousness and the goodness of God. But he's not the source. Because even the goats that were sacrificed 
was made by the God who is greater than all sacrifices. Are you seeing that? He says, your heavenly father knows that you need what? Somebody say, I need it. When I call something and you need it, say, I need it. New blazer. New shirts. New shoes. New skirts. New perfume. New ties. New relationship. New husband. If I hear If I... If I, eh, eh, if I what? He says, your father what? Knows. But what should you do? My wife, me, what should you do? What should you do? Seek ye first. He does not say, don't seek any other thing. He said, first. Because like I illustrated earlier, once you seek him first, you will see him first. So in any other thing you're looking at, he becomes the lenses through which you see it. You will not see money as what makes you a man. You will see money as a tool that God can use. You will not see marriage as an addition to your status. You will see marriage as a reflection of his purpose. You will not see a growing ministry when we grow into thousands as all PDMs and LT have done well. You will see except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies in a bite alone. You will see the glory of God because when you seek him first, you will seek him first. And because he's the firstborn of all creature and the firstborn from the dead and the firstborn before all things. All things were made by him and for him were all things made. When you make him first, every other thing will line up. Somebody shout kingdom. Somebody kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Now, let me just explain what this righteousness is here. This righteousness here is not the gift of righteousness. Because there's no place that tells us to seek the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness sought us out. The lost sheep never came looking for the shepherd. Oh God. The shepherd left the night and looked for the sheep. The coin was not looking for the master. And we know that even though the man, the boy, came running back home, the Bible says the father saw him from afar. So the father had been on the lookout before the boy changed his outlook. So y'all didn't get that. I said the father had been on the lookout before the boy changed his outlook. It was one day that the father, the boy started coming back, but every day the father had been looking out. So this righteousness here is not the gift or the nature of righteousness. This righteousness here is alignment with the methodologies or the power distribution modules of the kingdom. <laughs> so how many of you remember that you grew up in certain places, somebody shall power? <sighs> okay, let me show you something. Matthew 6. Matthew, I'll send and wrap it up in first service. Matthew 6. We're still there, right? In the earlier parts, 
He says, they said, he said, when you pray, he says, don't pray like the heathen who pray, you know, outside, doesn't all of that. They already have their rewards and all whatnot. And it says in verse 8, do not be like them, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things before you ask him. Verse 9, in this matter, pray when you pray. It says, when you pray, our father in heaven, how them? Thy what? What's the first thing says we should do? You should pray, our father what's in heaven, how be thy name? What's the next thing? Your kingdom come. So he's saying even in your prayer life, what's the priority? kingdom your will be done all right so that kingdom has come right we see that in the spirit now will be done is the righteousness is talking about there <laughs> is aligning with the will of God do you see because if it were just the gift of righteousness why don't believers have all things added to them because you can be a believer who has been born of the will of God, but is not living in the will of God. The fact that you're born in England does not mean you live in England. You can be born in a place and not live in the place. You can still be the citizen of that place, but you're not reflecting the alignments. So every believer is born again, not of the will of man, but of the will of God. But you can be born again and live again in your own will. So he's saying that you gotta seek. You have to seek. And that's the righteousness he's talking about there. And he says, give us this day our daily bread uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom who's handling this other media today you're not doing such a great job with this for yours is your kingdom for thine is the kingdom and the power Matthew 6 13 B oh my lord standing strong you want to sit please sit hallelujah she's wearing heels I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. <laughs> it's that okay. For yours is the kingdom and the and the what? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the can I tell you why there's a lot of abuse, particularly in Africa? Because a lot of people have power who don't understand the kingdom. Including bona fide men of God, with all due respect, understand what I'm saying. The fact that you have electric currents and a cable in your house does not mean you know how to tap the light correctly. So, this is what I was going to say earlier about righteousness. Do you know that there's a connection between light and power? When there's power outage, what do we say in Nigeria? They've taken the light. So we equate light with power. <laughs> never, never expect power at all. It used to be always. <laughs> but it's now Nepa. Ah, 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 ah. Does never expect power at all, at all, at all. 
We equate light with power. Are you following this now? How else is power generated? Hydraulics or water. The word of God is represented as light. The word of God is represented as water. Because the word of God is the power of God. Just like we have light and power, we have water and power, we have the word of God and power. And in the second service, I'll go, I'll go deep and talk about kingdom and power. The connection between politics and power. Let me just give you, ask you this question. When somebody is the ruler of a space, what do we say about the person? Or what one ask? If the person is the governor or the person is the president, we say who is in are you following that? So that means that we see kingdom, and when we see kingdom, what do we see? Power. Which means that if you just have the distribution of the power, but you don't understand the purpose of the power, where you should use 60 watts, you will put 32 kVA. That's why in many places, all the prayer points is fall down and because sometimes, the truth is, some people need to die. Sometimes you see it in the Bible. Anas and Sapphira, they died. But you don't see it any other place where people are just dropping dead. Um, you know, are you seeing what I'm saying? So a lot of people are using 32 kVA light to burn all the bulbs. Instead of using 60 watts. Are you following this? Once you don't understand the kingdom, you will abuse power. And whenever you abuse power, you will not be able to sustain the glory. I've taken, I think about an, is it up to an hour? About an hour to explain just the foundation. In the second service, can you help me on the keyboard? Let's close. Did someone get something? In the second service, I will show you more things about the power. And I'll talk about the instrumentality of the word and the Holy Spirit and how they work for the manifestation of God's power in your life. But it says, God, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. And God says, don't worry. If you're like me, you possibly have reasons to worry right now. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost a job, money, opportunity. And you know, when you've lost particularly a loved one, nobody can really understand. People can try. But because your relationship with that person is unique, even someone who has gone through that experience may not be able to feel it like you feel it because the textures and the shades and the composition of that relationship is different. And so you can convince yourself, I need to be worried. I need to be fearful. But Jesus who, have, who has seen all this says, don't even waste your mind with worry. Are you following this? Jesus says, don't be afraid. Says I've overcome the world, I've overcome the challenges, I've overcome the struggles, I've overcome the fears, the doubts. Also, uh, you were supposed to get married four years ago, six years ago. It says, don't worry. What does it say we should do? Matthew six verse thirty-three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Can I just ask you a question? What do you think is the most 
popular message that people attribute to Jesus? What do you think is the most popular message? Salvation, great, but what passage of the Bible, or what expression? Uh, John 3, 16, I'm saying that one, the words that Jesus himself spoke. No, the words that Jesus spoke, a message or a conversation. Beatitudes. Okay. Matthew 5 is the possibly one of the most popular, but the one that believers today say and announce when they preach, when they... Master life. <laughs> the one of you must be born again. Born again. You must be born again. We even use it as our title for the longest time in the church. Believers will say, I'm a what? Born again Christian. Believers will say, I'm a born again Christian. Back, BAC. I have my BA degree. Born again. But see something here now. That expression born again, how many times is it in the Bible? How many times? That expression born just as born again, not born of God, just born again. Once. Once. How many times do we say the kingdom of God is like? The kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom. And Jesus preached the kingdom. And Jesus preached the kingdom. Acts chapter 1 after he resurrected. And he taught them many things concerning the so why is it that we've emphasized the born again and we've not emphasized the one that he actually spoke a whole lot more about Jesus' coming cannot be reduced to just coming to save sinners you are the eternal object of his love the cross is an intervention not the plan Cross is an intervention. It's not the plan. It's central to the plan. It gives legitimacy to the plan. From it flows the life and the virtues and the grace and all the attributes of God are encoded in the cross. All patience, long suffering, justice, judgment, righteousness, mercy, they're all on the cross, around the cross. But Jesus said, He didn't say seek. The cross. He said, Carry your cross. Now, if I'm carrying my cross, does he expect him to be seeking what I'm carrying? It says, Seek the kingdom. What it means is, many people don't know the kingdom. Don't forget what I taught earlier. God gives you perfect eyes, but you don't see everything in perfect light because you need to increase in light. He says, Remember, born, of, born again, he cannot see the kingdom. So the fact that you can see the kingdom does not mean you have seen all there is to the king. Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. I want us in the service to just make a fresh commitment. Lord, I will seek your kingdom. Can you just pray that in 30 seconds or so? In the second service, we talk about power. We'll talk more about power. God bless you, co-preachers. You all are amazing. Stood for us. I will seek the king. I will seek the king. I will seek the king. It says, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Power can be so tempting. Power can be, because it's very attractive. Glory is very attractive. Power, very attractive. The kingdom, 
makes it clear that it's not about you. So many people don't like that one. <laughs> many people like the glory. Many people like the power. Because people are drawn to glory. People are drawn to power. But when you understand the kingdom, you know the people that are drawn to you are not being drawn to you. They are being drawn to the God, to the king of the kingdom. And it requires self-sacrifice. Laying it all down. Abandoning everything. Father, we make a fresh commitment this morning to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Our hearts, our lives, our hopes, all that we have. All that we have. Responsibilities, those who are struggling with academic burdens, exams that they've written over and over again, or maybe some people who are still struggling with some addictive tendencies, compulsive behaviors that they hate. As we progress in the revelation of your kingdom, we will see that we already have the power. We will walk in increasing dimensions of the power as we align ourselves to seek you, to seek you, to love you, to demonstrate your fear. Oh, see you move in ways we've never seen before. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. And thine is the glory. Somebody give God praise this morning. Thank him. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.